Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast about upcycling. It's Reclaimed Audio with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 65 for February 1st, 2017. This week's top Patreon supporters are Luis Gonzalez, Make Build Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. Nicely done. Trust in Timber. Yep. Sean Petty, Scott Turner, Andrew Reed, Randall Denver, and Greg Mead. Gentlemen, what are we working on this week? Mm, I will go first. I had the day off today. So I got to do some work on... Hold on. Thank you. I actually <laughs> insisted on taking the day off. I didn't even give them... I was like, I'm taking the day off tomorrow. Later. So uh, it was nice. I got to spend time with my wife, with my kids. It was lovely. Got to spend time in the garage doing some Etsy stuff. Um, and that's what I'm working on. I still have not gotten the move on those uh, melamine cubbies that I was supposed to do, but that's because I haven't really been home for more than 10 minutes in the last week. So that's what I'm up to. Short and sweet. Tim? Uh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't ready. <laughs> um, I was I was still just like daydreaming for a second. I'm sorry. Here, but that was need all a fascinating to, everything you said. <laughs> if you need a minute to gather your thoughts, I'd like to point out to those listening at home that mm-hmm. when Phil said, I because he, he had talked to us before the show started, he said, I had the day off. And Tim says to me, Gee, Bill, that must be what it's like every weekend for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just picture sunshine and lollipops out there. And, I, well, it's, well, it's you California. Know, it's, yeah, you know? and lollipops are special out here now, and they're legal. Oh, yeah. And we will not give a point of view or a judgment on that. <laughs> that is correct, sir. That would, that would be critical <laughs> without judgment. You are correct, sir. <laughs> anyway, so uh, what are you up uh, to this week, Tim? Uh, I'm working yeah, on stuff. Building-wise. Uh, I'm building stuff. I just uh, I I created up that that table and I did film the creating up of it and I'm gonna put a video together as Bill requested. Uh, I'm not quite sure when though because I was gonna wait and hopefully get footage of it actually getting onto the truck and stuff. And uh, today I started a desk. Uh, actually, I guess I started yesterday that I'm making for a customer and um, I wanted to put there's some uh, some cracks in the wood that I was using and I wanted to put some butterflies in and uh, and then I remembered that I have a CNC machine. And so I thought that I'd sky's the limit, obviously, for, for butterflies. So I, I was making a, I just sort of designed a little butterfly. It was actually just a very simple shape. Um, and, and I made a couple shapes actually. So I started making templates because then you have to figure out to make it fit inside the, the, the male fit inside the female, you know, and so I was messing mm-hmm. around with that a little bit to set all that up right and, uh, and experimenting with that, which was a lot of fun for me. Um, so I, what I, I my tell goal you, man, was when to, you- when when you yep. posted that picture, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to say this: when when you posted that picture, it reminded me of the side of the Scooby Doo van, the little Why? flowers on the side of the Scooby Doo van. Oh, row shaggy. Oh, the shape. The mystery. The mystery mobile. Yeah, the shape. Mystery the machine. shapes are awesome. Yeah, I I've guess it's, ever, I mean, if it had right? two or four more, you know, if you took two of them and you put them together, it would actually look right. like that flower power thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's more like a dog bone almost, the shape it is now, but um. But what the, my my goal was to make a chiselless inlay, so I wouldn't have to chisel out any corners. And because mm-hmm. I have this very small uh, pattern router bit, it's a it's a 
mm-hmm. 0.25 inch, you know, quarter inch um, by a quarter inch deep pattern bit with the with the bearing built on it. Because, you know, if you use the, the barrel that you put inside your router, it's actually a little bit thicker than the bit, so it's not perfect. But I have, I bought this, it was like 30 bucks for this little teeny tiny router, but I bought it for a guitar templates uh, a while wow. back. So I was like, oh, as long as all my corners, I can actually sm- get this quarter inch bit all the way through all these corners. If I make these templates, I will never have to actually chisel in uh, into the, the table. So it'll be a perfect fit every time is the theory. So there's no no room for human error, so to speak, you know, once I clear it. So I was messing around with that. I was doing a little video work with that too. I might make a little video about it. Um, but so, and I was messing around with shapes because it was like, since it all seems like it's going to work, I mean, just anything that I can get through the corners with a quarter inch router bit, I can make into a, so I could, I could make like, like bodies and heads and dogs and pigs and stuff. I could do just about anything for a, you know, for a, for an inlay now, which is, well, that's cool. what I was going to say. Um, Frank Howarth has been doing those like in his oh, videos. The clouds. Yeah. He, he did, did all the, all the clouds. clouds He's the doing hands and... right now. Um, he's yeah. done some really cool ones. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, I just, I love the technology and I love seeing what I can do with it and mixing it with, uh, reclaimed materials. It's just exciting for me, you know, but how about you, Bill? What have you been up to? I have, um, I, I'm excited. I actually have this proof of concept I just did for, um, let me do a shout out real quick to Bill Lavolsi, Maker's Hustle, gave, uh, Casey Manifesto shout out, um, listened to the episode. It was about brick and mortar stores and how to help keep going. Thank you, Bill. But he's having the no lathe pen challenge, and I was going to do this one thing I had an idea for, but I totally switched gears. I did this proof of concept. It's exciting. Um, it's not going to be so much about what I make. It's the materials I use and how I did it. It's I am so excited, and I've still got Casey's shoe rack that I actually brought the wood in from outside, so it doesn't get rained hey, on. Hey, good for you. I know. It's, it's progress. It's like progress. So, yeah, so I've got those two things going on, but I'm really excited about this pen challenge thing just for the proof of concept that I did uh, yesterday with it. And it's like, I'm I'm not even telling you guys. Normally, I show you guys like my, you know, Harju Thor mallet and stuff that nobody can see. But no, I'm not saying nothing. You, you have to wait and see the video. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, nice and I also done. wanted to make, um, uh, real quick, um, uh, Phil and Tim learned me on constructive criticism is a good thing and i and i i encourage it i just like to say that they were both right and um i it was a definition thing with me so i think i can move on with my life now hmm. well you know i don't i don't want to be give him a high five <laughs> i don't want to be devil's, <laughs> devil's advocate here bill but <laughs> no no we're just gonna yeah. take the money and run on this one Tim. yeah no that's yeah, Agree to disagree. Okay. Uh, Today in real life is Tuesday. We we actually started recording yesterday. This is how long it took them to convince me I was being an idiot. So (laughs) no, (laughs) no, no. It's just a misunderstanding of of, uh, terminology that we've ironed out. That's right. Definitions. Ironed. What is the irony in that? There is none. So moving on. uh, This is kind of sort of like a part two of last week's when we talked about um, like getting older tools or upcycling older tools or sort of reclaiming them, getting them back in the shop, finding, buying old tools. So this is when you buy new. And we're going to do a couple of reviews of some of our favorite new tools that we've either purchased or received as gifts. Um, I feel like, Bill, you had something more to say about that as far as why we're doing this? I don't remember. Well, I mean, you know, last week we did talk about, and and the the question had come up, you know, 
we're the reclaimed guys. You know, you should always buy used. Well, sometimes you can't. There's some tools I just don't like to buy used. Um, and we were discussing this like um, battery-operated tools I prefer to get new or at least a really good deal on it. Because usually people, when they put them up for sale, number one, it's either stolen from a construction site, which is terrible, and especially around here, or they're worn out. And that's why they're putting them on Craigslist for very cheap. Um, but I just thought that if if we can go with when we do get a new tool, no matter how we get it, sponsorship, gifted, I got a heck of a deal on my table saw. It was new. It was a um, open box, basically, and um, that's I, I could give you a review. And I've heard a lot of negative things about the it's a rigid hybrid, but I saw so we talk about that. You know, what are some of the tools that we do have that's new? What do we think of them? Compare it to tools that you own that are older and used. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Right. Okay, cool. Um, Tim, do you want to start with a new tool, uh, sort of little mini review? Um, well, I want to just add my preface to bills about like the reasons that i might get a new tool or buy a new tool versus use one is like he mentioned with a uh, battery powered stuff that those batteries you know are it, it's really difficult to buy a, a used tool that's battery powered for me because if you go to buy the the re- the replacement battery, when you find out that the used battery no longer charges, that usually costs more than just buying the new tool anyways. And it's really sad to me that those tools are basically disposable now and the technology is always growing. Uh, you know, so I, I, whenever I see there's, whenever there's the sale for the, really the only battery power tools I use are the, the, the screw gun and the impact driver. And whenever there's a sale where you can get the two of them for a hundred bucks. I don't care what brand it is. There's, there's two, two of them in the box yeah. and there's two batteries for a hundred bucks. I buy it. And it happens about every two years or so, which is about how often you have to get a new one, you know? Hmm. Um, so, uh, that's one reason. And then another reason is in, in the past, one of the reasons that I've bought tools new is because I didn't know or understand the tool. Like I'm still growing and learning. Um, and so like, for instance, my welder, uh, I, I, I went to the store and I, I got advice from someone on what welder to buy. And I went to the store and I bought it brand new because I knew nothing about welding when I bought it. And it had the instruction manual and I knew that it was going to work and it'd be able to set it up. And, and so it took some of the fear and intimidation out of it for me. But now here's, what's interesting about that. About a year or two later, I bought another welder <laughs> and I've since lent it to someone on basically permanent loan. I guess I'm sure I'll never see it again, but, um, I bought a used one. And because it was set up for gas and I ended up switching mine over for gas, it's a whole long story, but it was like cheaper to do that than it was to just go buy the gas can, you know what I mean? To buy this used welder. So when I bought it from the guy and he, he threw in a helmet with me and, and so we go to set it and he gave me like this little mini lesson in how to use the welder when I was there. And that got me thinking that maybe I was doing it all wrong when I was buying a tool that I was a little intimidated by and unfamiliar with, maybe I should buy it used first because then I can get a lesson from the person I'm buying it from. If there's someone that's outgrown that one and moved up, I can get that. Instead of like being like, oh, well, I need the instruction manual. This guy knew more than the instruction manual. You know what I mean? He's like, he's like this welder. You want the setting here. You want to set it here. And it's going to weld everything every time. And he was right. I'll, I'll be the you one to lucky. be obvious and say, yeah, that that doesn't happen all the time. It depends upon where you live, what area. Um, Why he's getting rid of it. Are you buying it at a flea market? Who, you know, oh, a lot well, of people that... You know what I mean? Sure. If, you, if, sure. If, if it's your neighbor down the street and you know the guy or, or it's a legit thing, yeah, but oftentimes it's, you know, people are buying used stuff and just putting them on eBay or selling them on Craigslist and they don't know nothing about them either. Or, or the guy's getting rid of it because he doesn't know how to figure it out and he's like, yeah, it's probably broken now. I'll just sell it to the next chump. That's a good point. Uh, maybe, maybe I just I got, think lucky, you got lucky there. 
you know, but then, but there have been times too where I've, I've bought things, you know, the guy's got a shop and he's selling it. He's been in business for 30 years and, you know, usually Absolutely it's like, different the, story, yeah. usually it's like the kids. So that the knowledge is gone. The kids are like, I don't know what to do with this stuff. You know, we just got, I want to get rid of it. Meanwhile, I'll bring up my example of the bandsaw. I bought it from a shop. Like these guys were right. a production shop <laughs> and they didn't know what the hell they were doing yeah. with this thing. I'm still rebuilding it, you know, yeah. and like, there's still a couple of things that I have to tweak on it. And, like, they were using it with dull blades and no throat plate and this ridiculous tensioning thing that they had constructed. And anyways. Okay. Well, that was th- – but that was my, one of my but reasons I like your point new. that you mentioned, that buy new because you're new and you want to guarantee that something works and you want to have a warranty and you want to be able to return it if you're not 100% into yeah. what it is that you're doing. And maybe like there's some reason. new safety features that didn't exist. Like, you know, like uh, just today I was using my router that was made in like 1820s or whatever. This, this <laughs> router I have, you know, and it's not my first router. I mean, it's like my 10th router. You know what I mean? If it were my first router, it would have been intimidating and scary to buy this old thing. You know, this like kind of a little, little sketchy, you know, like the, you have to screw everything down with a pair of vice grips, you know, to get it to hold, you know, and the, the, if you don't do it right, the blade's going to drift and all that stuff. But now that I've had some newer routers and I understand how routers work, it's like, I love this thing. It's my favorite router in the shop. You know, it's hmm. bulletproof. And, um, but that's because I had the first router I used was new and it had a, the better, you know, plate on it or whatever you call it, the, the part you hold, you know, and everything worked and there was a little shield on it and, you know, and all that stuff and had wrenches that fit it so you could actually take the collet off and, you know, and, and I learned how to use a router on a new router. And now if I see an antique router that I can pick up for five bucks at a flea market, I'm like, I want it because that thing looks so cool and it's probably going to last a million years and I, and I understand how to use it safely now. Well, totally speaking of routers, Phil, I know that you have a brand new router. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got um, – I had a listener slash fan reach out to me, uh, I want to say like six months ago, and he said to me, he says, what's something that you could use? And I think I talked about this on the show, and I was like uh, – I was thinking this was kind of a, a joke. just seemed like he was messing around with me, so I'm like, ah, I could use a You kind of missed router. a boat. You didn't say Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, he kind of mentioned sort of kind of like a budget, so – even oh, yeah, though it yeah. was within the realm of reason, it still seemed weird, but I was like, I was just going to go with it. I was like, fortune favors the bold. So uh, I was like, I could use a plunge router. Like there's a ton of functionality that I don't have because I don't have that tool that I would love to be able to gain. And I, I use it every single time I make a whiskey box. Um, anyways, so yeah, so I said I could use a plunge router and dude sent me a plunge router off Amazon. Like five minutes later, there was a tracking number. And I was like, whoa, okay. So anyways, all to say it's the uh, DeWalt DW618PK. So it's the it's the one that comes with both the plunge and the fixed base. And the fixed base is attached to my uh, to a plate that's sitting now is my router table. It's part of my table saw, actually. So it's the router table and the table saw. I know we're all in one. And then the plunge base I use when I'm doing the, um, the uh, what's it called, the hinge mortises for the whiskey boxes. So I have this whole operation going, and I did a review of this on uh, on the review site, makertechreviews.com, and uh, and I love it. I think it's great. Uh, this is my second router ever. This is my first that's plunge and has a half-inch collet. The other one I had before was a one-horse uh, Makita quarter-inch collet, and, you know, it was relatively new. So like Tim said, you know, it felt sort of safe to operate. It was 30 bucks. And I had just been, I just bolted it to a, like a melamine top and I was using that as a router table and it worked well for what I was doing. I was just doing roundovers for the step stools 
Um, but I felt like I sort of outgrew it and needed something a little bit more, like I needed the plunge functionality. And I do want to start getting into half inch collets to be able to do some, maybe some raised panels. I don't know what. We'll see. But uh, this That's, is two and a quarter. I didn't horse. realize that thing had a half inch collet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's got both. It's got the quarter and the half inch collet. So you could go either way. Two and a quarter horse. So I think it's definitely enough. Like even if I'll do shallower passes to do yeah, that's raised all panels. Need. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm super happy with this thing. It's been great. And and eventually I think I want to buy the edge guide because it didn't come with one. But that could be really cool. You can make but, one. Make a You know what? Yeah. I, one. I bought the uh, edge guide for one of mine once and I used it once and I never use it again. Just. No. Yeah, you just figure your own thing out. It's Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like I feel like I've seen somebody do something like that. Like maybe Jay Bates did one that was like self-centering or something. Well, you can make your own it, plates. Yeah, for... the, the self-centering is really easy uh, and the plates are easy or you can just screw down a 2 by 4 and use that as an edge guide. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah, just a fence, but I mean, I sometimes I'll do because I don't trust myself, I'll put two fences, I'll put one on either side, so then I just can't it can't wander Right. On me. So that was Jay's where yeah. you couldn't and then you but can yeah. also you can also just make because you know if you take the bottom plate off like the actual surface plate, mm-hmm. uh, you just trace it and then you can make a new one out of whatever. And then yeah. you, you know, like you can make you know circle, um, whatever you call it, tools to make circles. You know, with the you know measuring out from the center and and, uh, and yeah, and you can also do you could just make a plate this bigger with like a, a an extra piece hanging off the edge for like an edge guide. And just mm-hmm. you know, and that, yeah, you I make did them, I did make a circle uh, a circle guide. One time when I made my uh, my disc sander, so I measured mm-hmm. out basically like the distance between. Well, I needed nine inches, so I did four and a half inches plus mm-hmm. the plus the uh, what's it called again the bit. So it gave me a perfect nine inches. So it worked out really well. Yeah, yeah so, and then you're right. It takes two sex. Yeah, it's you don't need to buy that. It's I the, sometimes the things you buy are like even like more difficult and complicated. Be, I'll give that a shot. Maybe I'll make a video. Of yeah, it. I'm, I'm jealous but of the you- plunge though. I have like five routers in my shop. I don't have any of them with a plunge. It's I so miss good. Plunge router because I, I just take yeah. the depth. I just you put in the hinge, and then it automatically yeah, it. goes down that depth because yeah. you've got the depth stop, and it's like, and then it, so pro. Like I was doing them by hand, and I was getting pretty good at them. But no matter what, they're still not going to be for me, anyways. They weren't going to be perfect. So when I tighten down one of the screws, the hinge lines up being tighter on one side, like deeper on one side. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. it wasn't a perfectly level mortise. Mm. Anyways, this is way OCD better. Much? What's that? Yeah, OCD but, much? But then the then the lid doesn't close properly. It's tighter on one side. Like I'm, uh, I'm charging that, a pretty penny for these things. I want them. Yeah, to be perfect. that's why you're known for these whiskey boxes because you take the time to do them right. So I'm. I'm I feel I, bad. I, I like if I was that. just gonna like half-ass it, then I'd be like, eh, I don't really so feel you so had, good about you said you had a you had a Bosch router before or a Porter cable. A uh, I had a, had a Makita. And like I yeah, just sort of, yeah. And I just wrapped it up. Maybe I'll give it to my brother, but I put it up into the shelves just to. But this this particular you can't, you can't have enough routers. Hang on. Yeah. To it. Maybe I'll use it. Maybe I'll make a mortising machine out of it one time. We'll see. Ooh, that'd be interesting. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe just yeah, a horizontal mortiser could be cool. What a panzer router. I, I don't know. That seems like a lot of work. That it seems like, like a lot of work, fun- but it also seems pretty cool. You know cool. what? I think there's like four people that actually could make one of those, and two of them live in Canada. So Yeah. So it's in your blood. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Matthias. Uh, yeah. The other one that I know of is not Cosmos, but Marcus Hoffman, who's in Germany. So they're Germans who are making these things. Oh, Marcus, Marcus made one? I didn't know Marcus made one. 
Not our Marcus. There's another Marcus. You said Marcus Hoffman. I think there's another one. Let me just check his name. No, there's only one Marcus Hoffman. Yeah. Let me just... Uh, there's another Marcus. <laughs> That's like John I, Smith. <laughs> I, thought, um, I thought Izzy made somewhat of a kind of panther router, but not quite. And he then, made uh, the... Frank uh, Howarth or John Heiss did. Uh, I think John Heiss made one. John Heiss made one. Uh, Izzy made the, uh, the Etch-A-Sketch yeah. router, which is really cool. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. What is cool. this guy's name? Damn it, that's going to bug me. This guy, he's kind of like a junior um, T.S. Wandel, and he's also out of Germany, and I know he's a big T.S. fan because he paints all his stuff green, too. And now I can't find his name in my subscriptions. Well, let's let's do an anonymous shout to the other guy that made a Pantorotter. Okay, and move on yeah, instead of... Let's do that. Yeah, I think this is called Dead your... Air. <laughs> Bill, why don't you talk? <laughs> you said you had well, something you wanted to review, actually, to give like a review. Well, actually, actually, yeah, I would like to review. And it's it's weird because I, I have the rigid, what is it, 4512? I don't know the model number. But okay. Sorry, I just found it. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm really sorry. No, His, his name is Marius Homburger. Hornberger. Well, that sounds exactly like Marcus Hoffman. I can see Marius where that mistake Hornberger. is Hornberger. Yeah, I mean, potato, potato. Sorry, uh, are you sure? I think that's banana. the same person. Yeah. Basically, yes. <laughs> All right, come on. Go on, Bill. Well, Germany's only like, what, a mile square, right? There's only 80 million people there. Give or take. So anyway, what is it? The rigid 4512 table saw. It's like a hybrid, which I assume they're saying it's a, it's a cross between like a cabinet saw and a contractor saw. I... I you're right. So I like it. Yeah. This saw kicks major butt. There's nothing I can say bad about it. Um, I read a lot of of reviews that said that um, maybe it was the model before this, but they had problems with the trunnion lining up, so you couldn't get your blade straight. Not in my case. I bought this as a dented box, an open box, uh, for like a little over 200 bucks. Wow. It was brand new. That's insane. And, and no, what's insane is how I use it for everything. I, I I think I still have the same blade on it. Um, I've cut aluminum. I've cut pallet wood. I've hit nails. Um, the fence is just as true as when I put it on. It's this this table saw is amazing, and for the price, I think brand new they're about three seventy five ish. I'm not too sure. That's it. I got to tell you, in Canada they sell for seven fifty. So you're yeah. telling me two hundred dollars or more. Even with the conversion, I'm like, whoa. That's no, it was. It's because the the half of the box was crushed. It's like it, maybe it fell from a pallet, but when I opened it up, it was so wrapped in styrofoam that it yeah. didn't – it worked. The the packaging worked. Um, but we don't like styrofoam. It's a bad thing. Never use it. Exactly. Unless you're getting and a steal of a deal on a table saw. On a table saw. And oh, I, God, I hate when I open a box up and it's full of styrofoam. And I, it's all in my <laughs> loft. I'm like, well, someday I'll use it for something packing you know, or just – Make an airplane. You know, uh, John Heise – melted it with lacquer thinner and used it as lacquer. <laughs> Come on. Swear really? to God. He did a video on that like last year or something. You should check that out. Oh. You can use you can make finish out of it. That's interesting. That's environmentally different. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure that the ozone loved it. I don't think he was anyway, it. he wasn't real he's melting so, it with lacquer thinner. <laughs> if 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 know. you are no thinking cubes. about a table saw, ask John Heise how to finish it and everything will be fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I've I've heard good things about that table saw. I've never seen one in person though. So. I, I got to tell you. So, I mean, we're talking about buying new. 
the reason I got back into making recently, and everybody I think knows the story. If not, I'll do it real quick. Is Casey opened up a salon. Um, the designers stole some money from them, and they had nothing. So I said, I'll do what I can for you. I need a few hundred dollars. I went to Sears, and I bought a what I call a job site table saw. is a foldable kind. You know, it's real rickety. Just cut two by fours with. Uh, I bought two sanders, a palm sander and a belt sander. I bought a jigsaw. Uh, shop vac and something. Anyway, it's about a little over $700 for all these different tools. And I, I did her entire salon with that. So fast forward a, a year or so later and, and I'm really getting back into making and I upgraded from that foldable table saw, which was fine. I, there was, I wasn't afraid of it. I could do anything on it. I got this, this, this rigid table saw is just like night and day difference. I mean, just the fact that it's got more power, it's belt driven, it's quieter, it's on wheels, but it comes off the wheels. You can move it around. It's I have nothing but love for this thing, and and I I I don't take care of it like I should, but I lovingly caress it every time right before I turn <laughs> the on switch on. I really do. Well, I'll tell you, I was doing some work. Uh, I I told I, we talked about this a couple of weeks back. I was doing some work at the office, like I built a miter station and a couple of other things for the local production we're going to be doing. And I was doing it there with the rigid, I think, R4510, which is the job site saw. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've used that one. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I used that one and, and I used my Cirque saw. And then when I got home and I was able to use my, my jet cabinet saw or whatever hybrid saw, it's like, oh my God, what a difference. You know, like this little plastic thing and the fence was all rickety. And then you use a real saw, like yeah. a stationary machine that's not meant to be moved around. Like it's such a pleasure, and and that's yeah. what I felt like when I upgraded from my previous saw as well. Like just if anyone's on the fence of thinking, ah, this job site saw is fine, you know, and a, has a the ability Bissmeyer to upgrade, fence? man, do it. What's that? You know, yeah, it's yeah. A I said a, a Bismeyer fence. Never mind. Yeah, I yeah. got a Bismeyer fence. The um, so do I now, thanks to Mister Dresta. Uh, <laughs> but the you know my the, I bought my last table saw new. Uh, it was my first table saw too. And because um, I I had a little I my brother in law's little rickety uh, like tiny you know job site saw and I think it was that's the one I got stitches on and you know there's no fence I don't think there was a fence I just clamped stuff on it you know but um, but so when I I bought the saw I, I had as a Bosch and I got a new one it has the the easy up stand it's on wheels and it's actually a pretty good saw and it's I mean I still have it I'm actually going to give it to a, a friend or a, a relative uh, is going to take it but um, there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that saw it can actually do everything you want it to do uh, but the cabinet saw is so much easier and so much nicer it's just because the well, surface also, is it's, big it's, yeah mm. the, the intended purpose of what they're they're for a job site saw is just that you throw it in the back of your truck you go out you're doing some construction you're doing you know framing and you're cutting two by fours and you're cutting two by sixes and ripping some plywood mm. that it works fine it's not meant to be a, a cabinet saw but then again you have a stationary saw that's got horsepower and it's not direct drive it's got a belt on it and it's got some weight to it it's just yeah i mean it's like and just the, the decibel level yeah. in the decibel level alone like the reduction yeah. of oh, the yeah. decibel level How from much? it being inside the cabinet and, oh yeah it's, well, the, it's the more it's more of the belt drive than it is the direct the drive. drive that's yeah. what that creates all that noise yeah so. and then when you 
push something into it and it doesn't move. That's a, I still I'm still so happy when I when I'm cutting something and the saw is not moving. It just makes me feel so happy. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like you're my not skill supposed saw. to follow the saw as you feed wood through it. That's a bad right. thing. You're chasing after it as it runs down the. <laughs> Wait, come back. Hmm. All right, so so what are some other reasons that we might buy? You know, here's another tool that I I buy new. I've never seen an angle grinder for sale used. Oh, I, I have all the time. I see them all yeah. the time. I, I wouldn't mean, touch them. Worth buying? That's the next. Why know, not I've, though? I mean, I, I well, see, to me now, an angle grinder is one of those things that I've never worn one out. <laughs> and if you do, if you do, you replace the brushes, and that's it. Right. Well, that's the, I've I've worn out brushes on them, and but I've also right. I've had them just basically just melt. Uh, well, I've had some cheap store ones melt, but yeah. well, I mean, yep, that's a good point. Um, the uh, my favorite since we're since we're just saying brand names today, <laughs> which is not my favorite thing to do, but my favorite angle grinder is made by Ryobi, and um, it, because See, I, I find that weird. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I you know I I'm just going to say DeWalt. Fan. Oh, of course you're going to say DeWalt. Well, yeah. I mean that's that's I that's the brand that I've trusted for many years. Makita, DeWalt, um, mm. Milwaukee, but Ryobi is like it's crap. <laughs> I, well, they didn't used to be. Man, Ryobi used to be a, a big big company up there with quality, and it's just it turned into the more affordable version. You know, it's like a Corolla compared to a Camry. Yeah, well, here's the thing, and I, almost every other tool, I agree. Like, if you hold a OB impact driver in comparison to the, you know, the Milwaukee or the Porter Cable or something, yeah, you feel it. But I, just for me, the ergonomics of this one particular Ryobi make me happy, and the reason is there's a, it's thirty bucks. It's at the yellow, the um the orange box store, and there's a trigger, and you can pull the trigger and zing zing right like a like a chainsaw, and then. That handle actually has a lever, so you can t- you can rotate it ninety degrees, or f- I'm sorry, forty five degrees. So you can actually change the angle of your trigger hand when you're cutting ah. in different directions. And it, you know, of course, there's three ways that you can put the the other hand on you know, the handle. Um, the guards come off, and, but what I like about it is it's instead of having the paddle up top that you have to push on, and you hold it by the you can hold it back further, and so mm. it sort of just really works well. I find it really ergonomic. Um, but the problem with it is it's not a DeWalt. <laughs> they don't last as long, you know. And yeah. I, so I've I've bought some and I've had them last for. I have one that God I've I've had for it's still blue. And I've, I actually cut through the cord on it by accident, and I welded a lamp cord, or not welded, but I, I fused a lamp cord onto it. So now the cord is twice as long and half of its like lamp cord gauge, and it still works. <laughs> and it's still my first. One that I grabbed, you know, but then I have other ones that I've, I've bought since then that have just lasted a year or whatever. And I've, and I, I went for a period I was having trouble with them and I kept going back to the store and be like, Hey, I just bought this two months ago and it's already dead. And the guy's like, well, you should probably buy a better one. I'm like, no, I'm going to buy this one again because I like it and, and I don't have to buy it because it's only been two months. So you have to give me another one, you know? But, um, that's just like one of those ones. Like I yet to see one used that I was like, Oh, I should probably buy that. It looks like a good deal. What are you doing with these angle grinders that they die after two months? Um, but the ones that were dying after two months, I was I underwater was, welding. I was, <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. Uh, no, they were just bad, I guess. They were just bad. But, but what I was doing was a lot of, um, cutting of wood with them, like burrs and stuff. And it could be that the sawdust got in there. I don't know. But, uh, um, that's exactly what it is, actually. Mm, yeah. Little air gun action to clean it out. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
But there was like uh, there was, the, the sawdust there was like clogs it up inside. It just overheats, yeah. so it'll burn. And then it melted stuff, and then then once something's melted, it no longer operates. You know, yeah, and it's it's just construction too of it. I mean, yeah, well, every, and that, exactly. But, them, but if you have a norm, right? The, the you know, I was using like the chainsaw blade on it and the um the bird disc and stuff. And the, there's the having the, instead of I didn't want to put my hand all the way up in the barrel to flip that paddle right next to a spinning chainsaw blade. There's something really nice about having the trigger at the bottom of it to run that thing, and to also like to be able to just take my finger off the trigger and have it turn off and not have to find an off switch like on a barrel grip. Well, that's actually a huge uh, controversial uh, argument people have about, especially for people who are just getting into using tools. They t- don't buy one that doesn't have a paddle switch or a, or a trigger-type switch mm. because of, you know, scary You get nervous, you, you let go, and it's still on, running. Let go, and it's... Yeah. yeah, I I I disagree with that. I think no matter if it's your first tool or your last tool, you know, understand what it does. And we've talked about that before. My theory on safety, but um, but don't no, the I found seven a, inch I, ones have? Don't all the seven inch ones have the uh, the trigger switch? It's the four and a half. All, I don't think my oh. seven inch Craftsman does. Yeah, all the ones I've seen type do, switch. but there might not be. I have a hmm. I have the cheap store one for the seven inch because yeah. my good one died. Okay, and uh, and that's got the the same set of the the pull trigger, right? I had so, that uh, Bosch seven inch that was given to me. I think uh, I did that contest. Matt Duresta got it. That had the trigger switch on it. Hmm. But, yeah, because um, I feel like you're doing more things that aren't, you know, that are more horizontal with them, like polishing or we used them a lot when I was in concrete polishing. So we'd use them as uh, right, yeah. as edge polishers. Mm-hmm. So you'd have the handle and you'd need the trigger and you'd hold it down like level like that. So that's sort of where I saw them. And for countertop polishing, also, mm. yeah, absolutely. They're, they're so, great uh, tools. I, I love the angle. Yeah, I would say I, it's my favorite tool. I've yet to buy one, um, only because I haven't really had a specific need for it yet. But I certainly would. And all the prices that I see used for them are the same as new, like, maybe fifteen percent less than in store. And frankly, I'd rather buy new if that's the case. So that's a big one. I was going to talk about. No matter what tool it is. Um, we're talking about when you buy new tools, that's a big motivation for me too, is if the market on used is so close to being new, I'd rather get new anyway. So I know where it comes from. For sure. And you have the you warranty know? and yeah, you could yeah. return it if it sucks. I, I went into one of those, basically a pawn shop, a guy that was selling secondhand tools and stuff. And he had a brand new DeWalt nail gun, the 18 gauge Brad nail. And right. I was looking for oh, one nice. and, uh, brand new in the box, still the plastic on it. I'm like, Oh, that's great. I'm like, you know, what? What, and he, so he tells me it's $75. And I'm like, that's what they are new. And he's yeah. like, it is new. I'm like, yeah, but that's new at a store with a warranty. I'm like, I'll, I'll give you like 45 bucks for it. He's like, he pulls it out of my hands, all offended that I get out of my store. I'm like, all right, I got out of your store. So I went to the Orange Box store, like literally drove straight to the Orange Box, and I bought the same one for $69, new, <laughs> with a warranty. <laughs> Just like, all right, sometimes buying used isn't the best way to go. <laughs> uh, well, he was, you are not his customer base. You had Apparently, too much I education. Was, yeah, I, I had a, I had a well, smartphone. <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's try and spin this into Reclaim now. So can you guys think of an, um, a reason why buying new would be better for reclaimers, for people who upcycle, who reclaim. Um, something off the top of your head, does it really matter? I can think of a couple myself. Um, just again, if you're going to buy something new, you know it works right. If you're going to be dealing with materials that are, who knows what's in them, on them, where they've come from, having a new tool might be a little safer than taking a chance on buying something that's used and has a thousand miles on it or something and 
I mean, I, I was thinking only because my experience has been that like I started off with Reclaim because it was free and cheap and easy to get into. So if you're going to be sort of starting off brand new and you uh, sort of to build on Tim's point, you know, like if you're brand new into it, then maybe get the new tools. So you've got the security blanket of like all the safety features and certainly the newest safety features. And then, and then you can build from there. And, and, and the I ability to return it. If you find out that after your first whiskey box, you never want to make another whiskey box again. And you yeah. just spend a thousand bucks. Ever. On tools. For sure. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I can relate to that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, so that's really it. I'm kind of the noob point of view. If you're doing Reclaim because you got into it and it's accessible and, you know, it's free material, then maybe get some new tools just so that you have everything to keep yourself safe. Yeah, I, I, besides that, I mean, just the lacking, you know, a lot of older tools don't have the safety features or they've been removed, you know, mm-hmm. Um the just that but other than that I, I can't really think of anything because even if, if you buy a user new i don't care if you're using reclaimed or, or brand new material or plywood or whatever you should understand how to use the tool safely because worst case scenario with reclaimed yeah you might hit a nail or something but it doesn't really change the way you're going to use the tool like the you need to use it safely whether there's maybe a nail hidden in there or not that's true Absolutely. but the new tools come with manuals and used ones don't always Usually, yeah, yeah. I I have gotten lucky, well, and a lot of the tools I've bought used have come with the manuals and extra blades and extra sandpaper and all that stuff. It's been actually well, that's a really another benefit of buying experience. used. Yeah, that's another benefit of buying used. Get all used kinds of bonuses. Yeah, you get like oh, I was going to say though, in this day and age, you can pretty much find a uh, manual for anything. That's true yeah, too. Online, you know, online. But one less piece of effort though. Like not everybody sort of I don't know can use Google. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm stretching here. Maybe I'm stretching. Why are you You're staring so at me? Uh, no, no, I was staring. <laughs> okay. So Tim, I know there's one thing I'd like to hear from you about that I have no experience whatsoever. You got a new CNC, and I could imagine that if you are not, if you are new to CNC, buying a used CNC is probably not a good idea. Well. You know, <laughs> that that is interesting. I I did. I it was a sponsorship deal from Rockler, and I, I got this CNC Piranha. And uh, there's a a lot of stuff that I've learned since then about CNC. Uh, I'm so happy that my introduction to that world and that technology was uh, through this this particular machine, as well as the fact that it was new. Because now I, I haven't been talking about this publicly, but I have since then actually gotten a used CNC machine too, um, which is a fine machine, but it was much more complicated. Like I don't think I could have figured it out or got this thing up and running if it weren't for the fact that I had experience on this new machine. And so that's kind of like maybe with my welder story that we started this conversation off with, maybe that translates to that too like since i had already bought the new welder and i had a basic understanding of the welder that's why that used welder and and the information the guy was giving me was so useful maybe if i hadn't spent a couple hours welding already that guy would have just been talking over my head mm-hmm. um, so there's something about that you know yeah that like that if you if you're going to get into something maybe new is the right way to go sometimes i i hate well, to be saying it, be it on a, this podcast yeah, especially can- but it can be a confidence builder. I mean, if you, if, you know, some people are really good with being able to read instructions. I mean, I know people like that. Mm-hmm. They will go through the book left and right. And when they're done, they are competent with the safety features of the machine, the tool that they bought, how to use it, how not to use it. 
Um, I'm, I'm a really guy. Good. I turn it on. I start sticking stuff in it and seeing what happens. Uh, well, I am too you know? now. Me too. But, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. but there is a lot of people that are. That's a that's a bonus. It's it's a confidence builder. It's like, hey, I just made this thing do this for the first time in my life, and now they understand the process. And maybe if it's a table saw, that will enter that that translates into a bandsaw, into a skill saw, into all these things because, hey, a blade's going around. I know where not to put my hand. I know how it cuts. I know what it can do. So, yeah, I, I would say maybe new is the way to go for somebody who's new in the business because we oftentimes tell people start off, you know, look on Craigslist before you mm. do anything. Go find well, a used tool. I'll, I'll say with my very, very limited experience about CNC, and I'm trying to be very diplomatic here. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a there's a particular CNC company out there that makes machines that are very affordable that you assemble yourself. And uh, I received mine basically pre-assembled, and it was still a freaking nightmare to get it up and running. And I didn't even have to assemble it. Uh, and it would have – if that were my first experience with CNC, I would not be using the CNC right now. Wow. Now I want I'd like to make a point because I bet you out of the three of us, you and I would be that way, but I bet you Phil Phil'd be all over it. Yeah. I think yeah. I think if Phil had a CNC and he had to put it together and then look because you're so familiar with technology and you're you're physically putting it together as a matter of, you know, just trying you're, to get it. Well, you're familiar with that too. You work with your hands. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you work with your hands. But I think for you, you probably could buy one that's half assembled or used because of the technology factor. I was saying CNC to you, Tim, because I know you and me are mm. not the biggest. Well, you know, but now, and now that I've had these two experiences, like I could probably, I would feel very comfortable going on Craigslist and buying a used CNC machine now. And I would be able to go and right. see it and know what to look for. No, you know, understand the construction of it, the, the mechanisms, but that's because I've had this firsthand experience with it. And it's, because that firsthand experience began with a working unit. My piranha came in a box. I opened the box. I pulled it out. I plugged in three wires and it was ready to go. It was awesome. <laughs> you know, it was, I, I, I just, I, 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 and again, like, you know, Rockler did give me the CNC, but they're not paying me to say this right now. If you're looking to get in the CNC, buy one of these products from Rockler to start. Spend the extra money. The software that comes with it is uh, the, the VCAR software by Vectric is so much better than the free software you can find online. So much easier and more intuitive. Uh, the machine itself, just the setup and the assembly. And it's just, it's, it's, it's so a much easier. Builder. It's it, absolutely, it, it gave me the confidence to really start exploring and I didn't expect to be as into it as I am. And I, and I, oh, because I, like, I felt like I built up the comments like, oh my, I made this happen. And then I made this happen. Little babies are just nibbling away at it. And now I'm like butterflies, put the chisel away. I'm making, I don't need a chisel anymore. I got a computer. <laughs> like, but six <laughs> months ago, I would have been like, why would you need a computer? I have a chisel, you know? <laughs> That's too funny. So Phil, it only took us 45 minutes to get him to do a review. That's not bad. Terrific. Terrific. Hey. You got it out yeah. of me. No worries. No worries. Um, it's funny. I, another uh, new tool that I bought and actually kind of goes against what we were saying was a circular saw, and I got it like 15 years ago when I was making uh, when I was making this HD projector thing back in the day. And, uh, yeah, I definitely did not use it properly. I, like, I set the depth way too deep. I cut into the table that I was cutting on. <laughs> it had one of those stupid lasers on it you know like so it oh, makes yeah. you think that you're cutting straight but by no means are you cutting because it's only like five inches of laser ahead of you and you're following it 
but you're following the f- the five inches. So you could be going anywhere, and it looks like so you're cutting straight. If it's drifting, it just follows. You yeah, just follow it's it. like, oh, I'm cutting straight. I'm a straight <laughs> genius here. It was like it's like it's like tying the stick on the horse with the apple bobbin in front of him. Bingo! That's exactly what yeah. it was. I didn't know anything about following a straight edge. Nothing like that. So, yeah. So I bought new, and I still was a moron. So I guess maybe yeah. that's well, see, not I always like the lasers. I always like lasers on portable tools like that because you can combine your activities with making something and playing with the cats at the same time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And and it gets – you can make things you didn't know you were going to make. The creativity level is out of your control. You just start making cuts. The cats are running around. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. You can make like some cat steak. <laughs> no. Bad. Oh, Casey, smack him. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you don't want to set your depth too deep, because you might make some cat sausage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, let's talk about what we're watching. Uh, who's going to go first this week? Eeny, meeny, miny, loots. Well, I've, I've got some shouts, and I'll make them quick. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> just, just, just Scott Turner, the office oh, chair know, he right? made. Holy Moses, mother of all, that's amazing. Scott Turner, check it out, kids. Um, We got, um, the three of us got, and I was talking about this and we had my little scandal of criticism and whatnot, but the positive side of somebody uh, on Instagram, do you guys remember this? Joseph Luan, thank you. He did his first dumpster dive and he was all proud and he showed us the pictures of what he got. his first, uh, he's diving into that reclaiming. Thank you, Joseph. Good for you. Um, Paul Jackman actually gave me a shout out. He compared me to Simone Gertz. Can you believe that? No, no, you're not nearly as attractive. Okay, or so let me explain actually what happened. Or um, talented or Paul's, resourceful. Paul's, yeah, what else? Paul's, <laughs> Paul's last video with the, the lights, I, I said, Paul, wow, that's just amazing. And then in all capital letters, and I loved the music. It was the best ever in the world. So Paul compared me to Simone. She's like the queen of crappy robots, and he called me the queen of <laughs> um, – it's kind of like an excited uh, vessel that holds cereal. A hyperbole. Oh, hyperbole. Oh, queen of hyperbole. He called me a queen of hyperbole. That sounds about went, right. And then he got a dictionary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I called it hyperbole. I didn't know. I thought it was an excited thing. Woo! Hyperbole. Queen of uh, hyperbole. Is that, isn't that this Sunday, the hyperbole? It's Patriots right. and the Falcons, right? Oh, that. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's like a couple of birds or something. <laughs> and then I want to I wanna go real quick, um, and then I'm going to get to my thing. I'm sorry, you guys. Uh Laura Kampf made her own wrist bracelet multi-tool, like the, uh, oh, cool. oh my gosh. And Super it got cool. featured on um, uh, Popular Mechanics. Yeah, oh, I saw yeah. that too. That was cool. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, Christiana has done like this three uh, video series of reorganizing her shop, and now I feel guilty I'm going to clean mine. April Wilkerson took a chainsaw for the first time in her life with her dad and her husband and her mom, and she went off on this stump and made a rooster or chicken out of it. She made a chainsaw chicken. April Wilkerson never played with the chainsaw. She's like, Dad, is this how I started? Yep. <laughs> There's a chicken. She was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Rebecca DeGroote. And these are all uh, these are all not guys. These are gals that are there's amazing makers. Rebecca DeGroote made this baby's head spider thing. And it, I've not been able to sleep since I watched yeah, the video. That was creepy. But. 
what's amazing about that is she started her video off by drawing this concept and she's an amazing artist anyway. And then she built an identical thing of what she drew. That's how close they were. It's, it's awesome. She's so amazing. And then it was for make it matter is the reason why she did that. And I know Cy from size corner, she made some three eyed alien thing. She did the same thing. So something out there, look it up, make it matter. It means something. I'm not sure what it is. I'll look that up later. So what am I watching you say? <laughs> Dear Lord, what day is it today? All right. Oh, are we still so, doing this? I'm sorry. sorry I'm, I want to put a call out to anybody who's listening. I sincerely want you to subscribe to this channel. This is a young man that I've had the honor of meeting twice. We all three got to meet him again in Boston. Yep. Uh, Phineas and his dad, Brad. Um, Phineas is a young maker, and he's he's pretty darn good. And he made his first video. He just started his YouTube channel, the first video, he made a spoon. Not only did he use some hand carving techniques, he also did a little bandsaw sculpting a la Mr. Jimmy DeResta style. This kid is amazing. And I want every, he's got like four or five subscribers now. Come on, folks. Let's, let's show young makers that we love them and encourage them and get this done. Phineas, you're amazing. Your dad, your brother, everybody's an amazing supportive family to you. And I'm, I'm proud to know that you think of us as friends. And uh, wow, dude, Gromit Makes is the name of his YouTube channel. There'll be a link. And he made a hand-carved spoon. Check it out, everybody. Subscribe. If I, if I ever ask you to do something, this is the one thing I want you all to do. Subscribe to this kid. And okay, I did. I'm number you. six. All right. Oh, I haven't subscribed. Hang on. I'm going to do it right now. You hang tight. No one go anywhere. <laughs> okay. I got more. I could do shout outs. I'd like to shout out Phil Pinsky and Tim Sway because they're so handsome and they put up with me every week. Unsubscribe. Done. And... Next. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Although that was factually accurate. Tim, you do yours though. <laughs> um, I was going to mention uh, I, I don't think we've ever mentioned him before uh, but we probably should have is uh, Wooden Stuff with Steve French do you guys know Steve French? oh yes um, I subscribe to Steve The you were just mentioning the um, the a lot of like 31,000 people do um, the <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just you <laughs> the, uh, the the maker care or the the Toy thing you're Make just mentioning, Make, yeah. Um, Steve made. I didn't get to watch all of those builds yet. I'm sorry. I'm, I I wanted to. I actually sang a song for for uh, Temple Boy turning there. Steve, um, I sang the song from the the movie. The uh, was it the friend song? I don't remember. I I sang. I don't remember the song. Can, it's, um, can you, you sing got it to a us friend now? in me? Oh, right. Oh, from Toy Story. Toy Story. Yeah, that was uh, Randy Newman. Randy Newman song. I sang Actually, that. can you both sing that song? Because I bet you both know it. Not right now. Um, <laughs> My throat hurts. You can't I, do Randy Newman or with a sore throat. Yeah, um, but I bet you could do Sean Connery with a sore throat. You're, you're darn right I could. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you yet, you loops. <laughs> oh, I love oh, my man. job. <sighs> okay, anyways... <laughs> So, give us your shout out, you greasy dig bastard. That's the sound your mother made last night, Trebek. <laughs> you can't do the same line, though. You have to keep new lines. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I disappoint you? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
Steve French. Uh, he made a, a, a like a like the, you know those wooden toy snakes that kind of wiggle. You yes, know, you, yes. So he made he made one of those because I guess that was I don't remember the movie too well, but I guess that was one of the toys in there. But um, it like he's like the like the the jig master, like Izzy. He had like a jig for all these like little parts to make us go together. I'm just watching this. Like he keeps pulling out this like beautiful jig after beautiful jig and he puts this in together. I'm like, that's flipping awesome. Like I love that attention to detail and like the, the preparation, you know, me, I would have like, I would have freehand like every one of those links and like 40% of them might've worked, you know, but he, when he just did it right, he like built the jigs and I don't know, maybe this guy makes a hundred snakes a week. I don't know, but that's why he has all those jigs. It was so no, cool. Steve is super creative. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm quite the happy subscriber. Yeah. He makes a lot of like, he makes like the, you know, he has his little logos, that little uh, articulated like guy and, and, right. uh, he makes these like very little like toy type things and he does them to just the perfection. And, uh, it's really inspiring to watch. So wooden stuff. With I Steve believe, French. I believe he also was responsible for creating a shop stool, the size of a thumbnail and putting it in a little bottle. So he had a stool sample. Oh, the stool sample. I don't think he invented that joke, but, uh, he did. No, nope. no, but he, he did, did build one. It. Yeah. He mm-hmm. did a good job too. How about you, Phil? What have you been watching lately? I've been watching this guy. The Rock. <laughs> Tim watched The Rock. But. <laughs> I did. I, I did. I watched The Rock because of Phil's impression last week. I found it on Netflix and Vance and I, well, Vance watched some of it and then third F-bomb in. I was like, maybe Vance shouldn't be watching yeah. this with me. <laughs> this movie's not for you, little one. Um, no, I've been watching this Australian guy with a very Italian name. His name is, uh, I had it here a second ago. Oh, yes. Mario Capilano. And uh, he did a couple of really cool projects. He did a, he did a, a workbench. Um, he does a lot of cool stuff, and he's very much a beginner, and he sort of comes at it from that vein, but very approachable stuff. Like, one of them was like a marking gauge, except instead of a screw-type uh, tightening mechanism, it's a wedge, so very traditional. And uh, he just sort of walks you through, and I, I like the, his approach is that, I guess, kind of similar to mine. Like, I fully disclose all the mistakes that I make, and he does that too, and I think that's extremely helpful for people watching the video. And uh, a lot of his videos are very much in that vein. And, uh, you know, just sort of like a guy starting out and wanted to share his experience with it, but very well spoken. You can see there's a lot of effort in the video, and I and I really appreciate that. And I thought that was, uh, that was a really I good like one. I like that. Yeah, I binged on a few of them there. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, that's all I got there. Uh, our channels... Uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I'm Phil Pinsky, and uh, I guess I'm also this week's sponsor for the uh, for the episode, MakerTechReviews.com. Check it out. Um, yeah, so know, we're getting paid for that, right? Uh, let's say yes. Uh, Jim Bashirs, <laughs> I know you reached out to me <laughs> to do a review, and I'm going to get back to you. I'm sorry about that. Uh, it's just been a kind of a hectic week for me, but uh, I'm going to reply to you, and anyone else that wants to be doing reviews, you can reach out to me, and I'll make sure that happens. Uh, Bill, you want to plug your uh, your site? Yep, I got to thank uh, Justin Sparks for WilliamLutz.com. Everything about me, Phil, Tim, you can get to everything important to me through that site, huh. all my videos. And I want to I want to encourage everybody again to watch Gromit Makes' first video and subscribe and share it and show the love. Let's do it. Make it go viral. T-Money? Uh, T-Money.net. Is, no, wait, that's not. It's TimSway.net. Yeah, that's right. Although we should get tmoney.net. Yeah, Justin. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. On it. 
contact <laughs> us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, um, criticism, constructive or otherwise, of my impressions. <laughs> On Twitter, it's at Reclaimed Audio. And if you want to leave like a more lengthy uh, criticism, info at ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com. On iTunes, we greatly appreciate the time that it takes to leave those reviews. So please go ahead and leave them. It really helps in growing the podcast. And the number one best way to help us stay on the air and grow is patreon.com slash reclaimed audio. Uh, a $3 pledge is all it takes or a dollar pledge, whatever it takes, you know, and it really, uh, really helps in keeping us motivated and want to do this week in, week out. Cause sometimes there's a lot to put up with to get this done. <laughs> Wrong. Anywho, uh, that's all I got. So. Unless you guys have anything else, I will wish you all a great week. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah, be good.